Matthew 26. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. Someone say oil. She poured this oil on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, frustrated, confused, maybe even angry, saying, why this waste? The King James Version says, when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? To what purpose is this waste? Today is the day we're going to sacrificially and generously give to move the mission. Someone say move the mission. It's the fundraising arm of UPCI Youth Ministries that funds ministries and missions all around the world. Our global missionaries have vehicles, and we've even unlocked three countries to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because of Atlanta West giving to move the mission. North American Missions Churches can have a building because of move the mission, and you're giving. Tupelo Children's Mansion, New Beginnings Adoption Agency, where a mom that feels like she has no hope, she now has hope because you all and I give to move the mission. Someone say move the mission. I believe God is going to call us to give in faith, and I know the culture of this church that we're going to do it. If I'm honest, when Brother John's called me, I, I was nervous because I know we're in the middle of Imagine campaign. I know you all have already started changing your finances to give to what God is going to do here. But I also was affirmed and know for sure because I lived with you all that we don't just care about here, we care about there. And I know that this church is a worshiping church. I know that this church is a giving church. So today, I've just come simply to remind you and affirm the culture that we're here to give everything to Jesus Christ. God's going to bless Imagine, and it's not taken away from that, but God is also not just going to bless locally. He's going to bless globally because today, you and I, we're going to partner together and move the mission. Someone say, move the mission. This woman in Matthew 26, as she decided to give a very costly gift the disciples looked to one another and said, to what purpose is this waste? I hope to answer that question, but more than just answer the question, to affirm some of the old seeds that's been planted long ago about the culture of generosity here at this church. That treasure chest has already been opened, so I pray that God would just reach his hand once again and get out of it, but also give back into it prophetically today. If you believe that, why don't you raise your hands one more time? Why don't we thank God for what he's done last year? Over $280,000 given to move the mission, and let's thank God in advance for what he's going to do today, not just in our giving, but also in breakthrough. God, we honor you today. I know some people might call it waste, but I pray that you can remind us what it's all about. It's all about your kingdom, and we're going to keep the main thing the main thing today. I pray that once again we can hear your voice. We can respond to your voice in obedience, knowing that it's because we love you that we're going to be blessed, and we're going to bless others. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Sister Johns, we do a lot of crazy things in the name of love. The Trojan War and many other wars, Brother Justin, were fought all in the name of love. In kindergarten, it starts from a young age that the man and the woman, the little boy, little girl, they start to play house, Brother Brad, and I wanted to be the daddy, and the girl I liked because I wanted to flirt with her, I wanted her to be the mommy, and she'd boss me around, and I'd have to do the dishes and cut the fake grass, but it was okay because I was in love. Someone say love. love. Then in grade school and middle school, it starts to get a little bit more complicated, Bryce. Because you start to pass these notes. And for the, the kids who don't know what notes are, we would take paper. I love that I'm old enough to make these kind of jokes. It was eight and a half by 11. And we would 
I would be blue ink and you'd be black ink so we could keep up with who's saying what and we would write back and forth. God forbid the teacher would ever take it up and read it. But one thing that would always happen as you start to write to that girl you love is you'd ask the question, do you like me? Check yes. Some of y'all got some no's or check no. If it was yes, we're going steady. That's my love. We're going to get married. I just know it. I know we're in third grade and we're just sharing applesauce, but we're going to get married. We're going to make it. And if she checked no, my wife, I know that she loves me and we do crazy things in the name of love because I can be two feet from my closet and instead of just hanging up my suit when I come home from work, just throw my suit jacket on the door or, you know, instead of putting my socks in the hamper, some of y'all guys are like, keep going, just go back to Matthew about the woman with the box. Instead of just helping clean up, sometimes I'm a little bit lazy and I just lay something next to it. And guys, we know that we love our wives because sometimes when they get home and they're frustrated, they're venting, and we have to ask the question, is this something I'm supposed to listen to or something I'm supposed to give a solution for? Because if you give a solution and you weren't supposed to, you just don't care. And so you, in love, expressing your great love for your wife, sorry, honey, that that was such a hard thing. You bite your tongue trying not to give a solution. But more than that, you know if you really love somebody, when food is involved, someone say food. Come on, Maddox, you know about that. Maddox is in love. Barrett's in love. He's next. That's why you got to come to the walkathon. You got it. When food's involved, it's when you go to a gas station and you're going to go inside and you say, babe, do you want anything? And your wife more than likely says no. So you go inside, get a bag of chips, candy bar, drink, and then you come out. She's like, ooh, can I have a bite of that? Here, love. You give her the bite, and then you get a little nibble back. But it's love. And God forbid you want something on her plate at a restaurant. She says, can I try your food? Of course. What's mine is yours, and yours is mine. But then when it's your chance to try her food, if you wanted it, you should have ordered it. Mm -hmm. What's mine is yours, and yours is yours but it's love. Someone say love. love. People do a lot of crazy things in the name of love. We wear certain things because we love our spouse. We make sure we do chores. We might not necessarily like guys. We try to fold fitted sheets, and I don't know how you still do it. You can YouTube it 18 times, but you do it all in the name of And just like that, if you ask somebody, why do you do the things you do? It's because I love them, Brother Miller. It's I love my wife. I do what I do because I love her, and the same can be true for God. John declared that we love him because he first loved us. And so sometimes we do certain things in the house of God that might not make sense to everybody else out there, but I know that I love God. You can wonder why certain people dance the way they dance. Why are those guys running? Why is that woman weeping? Why is that going on, Brother Ben? It's because I love Jesus. If you knew like I knew what he's done for me, then you know why I'm willing to sweat through a suit. If you know where he's brought me from, what he's forgiven me for, then you know why the way I dance, the way I dance, even if I don't have rhythm, if I'm on the one and two instead of the three and four or anything like that. It doesn't matter. I just want to let a great God know that he's worthy of a great praise. Is there anybody in the house today, even without the assistance of the music, which is necessary, that's willing to stand up and say, you know what? I love Jesus. I'm going to give him a praise offering with the fruit of my hands, with the fruit of my lips. He's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. 
Come on, it might look crazy, but I just love Jesus. It might look crazy, but he came as a servant. He came in shame and died for my sin. I love Jesus. And people should be able to tell if we really love him by our attitudes, our actions, and our appearances. Some people will call living for God a waste, and you can call it what you want, but living for God is the best thing that I've ever done. It's the best decision that I've made for Kalea and Ira. It's the best thing I've done for my marriage. If you only knew where I was, and he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. It's living for God. It's the best thing ever. Is it always easy? No, but it's the best thing. Is it always comfortable? No. Is it always convenient? No, sometimes it's a sacrifice, but it's the best thing that you can do. It's the best thing that you and I can do. And this woman in Matthew 26, she felt the same way because she wanted to just love Jesus. This story is found in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. There's a woman in Luke chapter 7 that also washes Jesus' feet and anoints his head. But that happened in Galilee. But Matthew 26, verse 6, Mark 14, 3, and John 12, 1 show that Jesus was in Bethany in this account. They were at the house of Simon the leper. And John 12, 1, he reveals that it was only six days before the Passover. Someone say six days. It's important to note that John was the last of the four gospels that were written. In his old age, God divinely inspired him to put some more details into certain accounts and narratives so that you and I, thousands of years later, can learn from them. For instance, Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the Garden of Gethsemane, they said that someone cut off Malchus's ear. Someone cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Someone cut someone's ear. But John, years later, he said, no, it was Peter that did it. That hothead, loudmouth Peter did it. There's a word there for us. So we got to remember as we're reading through Matthew and as we're reading through Mark about this woman with the alabaster flask that the disciples said it was a waste, that John includes more detail. This time of fellowship was only a week before Jesus would be betrayed and killed and die for our sins. Jesus knew that the Jewish leaders were only two miles away and they were plotting already to arrest him and even kill him according to John 11, 53 and 57. However, he still went to Bethany because he wanted to fellowship with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Martha was using oil in the kitchen and serving as food. I want to honor all the people that are serving here today in chips and sound and media and ushers and parking lot crew. You are important. Jesus showed up to the house because Martha was serving with that oil. But Mary also had oil, and Mary walked over and started to anoint Jesus' head. It was spikenard. Someone say spikenard. It was spikenard oil, this aromatic, amber-colored oil derived from a plant in the Himalayas. It was a tradition in those days that they would pour oil on their guest's head, and that's how they showed honor. Like today, we take off our shoes or shake hands or hug or whatever that might be when we come into the house. Some people bring flowers over or dessert over when they're doing dinner. But in those days, they would anoint their guest's head with oil. And the use of costly oil like spikenard was reserved as a mark of devotion for a very special person. The use of spikenard oil was so high that it wasn't just for any guest. Mary understood the principle, Brother Jury, that our best belongs to God. It would have taken a year's wages to purchase that little flask of oil, according to John chapter 12, verse 3. She broke the neck of that bottle, and she started to anoint 
Jesus' head. And though it was this custom, Mary wanted to give Jesus his roses before his funeral. That's a new term that I think that we should adopt in the, in the social media trend. It says, give your roses before they die because at a funeral, they can't hear what you're saying. They don't know how loved they were. And so the trend now is to make sure you let people know how much you care about them before they die. And we should show kindness and love and righteousness to each other even today, not just after someone passes away. And so this woman, she wasn't one of the ones in Mark 16 to anoint Jesus at the grave, to go to the grave and try to anoint Jesus, but he wasn't there. So Mary could have been wanting to anoint Jesus before it was too late to give him his roses while he was still alive. But Mary took it even a step further. Not only did she just follow the customs, not only did she use just an expensive oil, she also washed his feet, according to John's account, because John often wrote more than Matthew, Mark, and Luke and included important details. When she came to wash the feet of Jesus, she took the place of a servant. When she undid her hair, she was humbling herself, and she laid her glory down at his feet, just like what we're going to do when we make it to heaven, when we have these crowns, and we're going to cast our crowns down at the feet of Jesus because our glory is not that glorious in his presence. So Mary showed her devotion by getting on the floor and using such an expensive oil. And can you imagine that as dinner's going on, as they're hanging out, eating dessert and drinking a good cup of coffee, the only way to drink it is black, not a milkshake with all the cream and sugar and frou-frou stuff in it. Ooh, I felt the divide right there. But as they're having fellowship and enjoying themselves, brother and sister Townsend, that smell of the spikenard oil is still in the air. It wasn't a familiar smell because it was so expensive. It wasn't something that they just smelled every day like the fish market or like the bread because that was just usual. This is something that they could smell throughout their dinner, and it was a reminder of this woman's worship and devotion to Jesus. And while this woman is worshiping Jesus, the disciples begin to ask, what is the purpose of this waste? Look to your neighbor and say, what's the purpose of this waste? This woman is showing her love, and the disciples are getting angry about it. For hardworking disciples, they knew what a year's worth of wages would take. Many of them were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector, and so they're looking back at their, their maybe calloused hands and all the hard work that they would do, and they knew, Brother Kelly, how much money it would take for a year's worth of wages. She's anointing the Savior of the world, and the disciples don't like it. Some people aren't going to like how you decide to live for God. But you know what? It's not about what people think. It's all about my devotion and my worship to Jesus Christ. I might live a little bit more consecrated in certain areas than you. That's not me trying to be self-righteous or holy. That's not you trying to be self-righteous or holy. It's all about loving Jesus because we do some crazy things in the name of love. And this woman is loving Jesus. She's showing her affection towards Jesus, the soon-to-be Savior of the world. And the disciples are indignant about it. The disciples start to talk amongst themselves that the money, if they would have sold that oil, how much it was worth, and it could have been given to the poor. This is important because, remember, John included that the Passover is only six days away. And there's a principle all the way back from the Old Testament, the first Passover, when they would sprinkle blood on the doorpost and they would sacrifice a lamb. If a family had more blood or if a family had leftover lamb and they were no longer able to eat it because they ate all they could, there was other people in the Jewish community that didn't have that. They couldn't afford it. And so there was a principle from the first Passover. During Passover, give to the poor. What you have in abundance, give 
to others. There should be no leftover lamb. And it does make sense. It sounds like a great principle that they should give to the poor. However, before they could go any further arguing and kind of whispering behind Jesus' back as this woman is worshiping and pouring out her love on him, Jesus interrupts them and defends her and says, you might call it a waste, but it's a good work. Jesus declared that the poor will be with us always, but the opportunity to give to the king will not always be present. Yes, there are times we should give to the poor. Yes, we should love others. Jesus said that perfect religion and righteousness is giving to the widows and the, and the poor. We should do that, but also we have to take into account there's not always going to be an opportunity to give our best to God. And so, yes, we give to others, but we give our best to God first. The disciples called it a waste, but Jesus declared that it was a good thing. That, yes, this woman is radical in the way that she showed her love but it's because she loves me. She didn't have to do it, but she wanted to do it because we do a lot of crazy things in the name of love. There are a lot of commandments and principles that we are to follow from this word. Yes, we should, but there are also things like personal consecration or personal decisions that I might make that looks different than yours, and that's all because I love God. The same is true for my wife. I don't take out the trash because, oh, I'm gonna have to sleep on a couch that's too small for me if I don't take out the trash. I don't, I don't help around the house because, oh, if I come home and I haven't helped around the house, there's going to be divorce papers on the table waiting for me. No, I do things for my wife. I wear certain ties. I, I bring home coffee. I go out of my way on the way home from work to go to Seven Brew Coffee because she likes uh, something there. I don't even remember. I have it written on my phone so I don't forget. I do crazy things in the name of love, not because I'm scared. And the same should be true for Jesus. We don't serve him because we're scared of eternal damnation. We don't live, we don't have good attitudes and good actions and good appearances because we're scared of hell. No, it's because I love Jesus. And so if I have to sacrifice car Call it waste, call it what you want. I just love Jesus. Whatever it takes to show my king that I love him, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it because I do crazy things in the name of love. And I love Jesus. Jesus goes on to tell his disciples the good work that she was doing from his perspective. Matthew 26, verse 12. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Someone say my burial. Mary, maybe unknowingly, was foreshadowing that Jesus was gonna die, be buried, and rise again so that we can enter into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus also tells his disciples, assuredly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Jesus declared the gospel is gonna be preached in the entire world, and this woman's story is also gonna be told, just like it's being told here today. People will know that she loved me, because of the way that she acted. An old preacher once said, is there enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? Is there enough evidence to convict you and I that we really love God? If there's a spiritual court of law and the prosecutor's looking up and say, they don't really love you, Jesus. Is there enough evidence to prove that we love him like Mary loved him? In this account, Martha represents work as she worked to serve uh, Jesus and the disciples. Lazarus represents a witness as people came to witness what Jesus has done. But Mary represents worship. And that's the account from Matthew and Mark. But remember, John included some important details inspired by God. John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. 
There they had made him a supper, and Martha served. Lazarus was one of those who sat at a table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointing the feet of Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance, that aroma of the oil as they ate. But one of those disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him. See, at the time, they didn't know that Judas was going to betray him later on. But John, looking back, says, no, Judas was the one that betrayed Jesus. And he's the one who said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. He wasn't worried about other people. He used it for himself. The disciples asked, what's the purpose of this waste? But John wanted to make sure to clarify. Judas asked it first. Judas called what the woman did a waste first. See, we call our kids Mary, but most people don't call their kids Judas because Judas is synonymous with treachery, and no one wants to be called a Judas from their friend. And John wanted us to know that though the disciples jumped on board, it might not have been because they were really focused like Judah was. They just got confused because Judas had in his heart that that's waste. But in reality, he was wanting it all for himself. So what others call waste might not actually be waste. What Judas called waste, Jesus called a good work. And the woman, she called it worship. And the purpose of this worship is that she loved God. Because Atlanta West, I'm not really coming to just preach about the purpose of this waste. I'm coming to remind you that there is a purpose in this worship. When you decide to live for God, when you decide to devote your life for God, that's the best decision that you can ever make. Yes, you might have to do a lot of crazy things in the name of love, but there is a purpose in this worship. When you live for God, you're telling God that you love him. When you worship God, you're also going to be blessed. And when you worship God, others' lives will be changed. There is a purpose in this worship. John included in John chapter 12, 11, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. John wanted us to know that when we worship and we give, we are one, showing Jesus that we love him. We will be blessed, but also we're going to help others experience Jesus. Many lives were changed because of what the woman did in the act of love. And I wonder if the same could be said about me and you. We can change lives today by the way that we worship. Are we living in such a way? Are we worshiping in such a way that we're leading others to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and developing them into fully devoted followers of him? Brother Johns, you often teach that there are two factors in giving. How much are you able to give and how much are you willing to give? And today, yes, we're gonna give to move the mission. It's an act of worship so that this gospel can be preached in the entire world. This woman with the alabaster flask was blessed. She showed Jesus that she loved him, and people's lives were changed by what she did. And today, the same is going to be true by what we're going to do today by giving to move the mission. A few years ago, this young man who worked years to get his dream truck, it was a dually diesel engine. And yet one day in his service, God told him to sell it and give it all away to missions because he wanted the gospel to be preached everywhere. This young man sold the truck for $10,000 and gave $10,000. What a sacrifice. What worship. 
But what the young man didn't know is just a couple years later, a man and his wife would purchase a car for this young man and it would be paid in full for him because you can never outgive God. When we give to God, God will give good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When we give, we're telling God we love him. We'll be blessed, but also others are gonna be blessed. The Anderson family, they're missionaries to Brazil. This picture that's gonna show up on the screen, this little guy in a white shirt sitting on his mom's lap, he's two years old. While they're there traveling in Brazil, she finds out that she's pregnant. Not with one kid. Not with two kids. With three kids. God help the Andersons. And as they're driving back from the hospital, they look back and realize their car is too small to facilitate their family living there and preaching the gospel. But last year, because you gave over $280,000 to move the mission, they immediately were able to go to a car dealership and get a van so that their family can still preach all over Brazil. People are being saved because Atlanta West, you gave to move the mission. A couple in Ohio, they felt God in a sacrificial offering service like this one last year, and they made a pledge of $500. They were going to have to change their budget for a few months in order to fulfill their commitment, but they did it. And after fulfilling their commitment, they received an unexpected check of over $700 from unemployment from over a year ago. And I don't know about you, but it's always a miracle when the government is going to send you a check. But that check, as well as what you gave and what I gave, helped four kids call Tupelo Children's Mansion their home. TCM is an orphanage in Tupelo, Mississippi. I can't zoom in on the kids or show you exactly whose faces I'm talking about, but these four kids lived in a car with their mom on the side of the road. They had no money. They often went without eating. And one day, TCM heard about them. And because you gave last year, they were able to go and adopt those kids and bring them to Tupelo Children's Mansion. On the way, they stopped by McDonald's and said, you can get whatever you like. I know it's a long trip, so you're probably hungry. The kids said, can we even get a Happy Meal? The TCM staff was confused. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you be able to? The kids said, we've never gotten our own meal. We've always just gotten one and shared it amongst us five. One of the little kids has that toy from the Happy Meal on his dresser in his room at TCM today. And it's a reminder that God is faithful and God sees exactly where you are. Those four kids have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name all because we gave to move the mission. Now that I have my own kids, if I can be a part of helping other people's kids, what a blessing that is to be a part of it. Brother Ben, you can come to the piano. This woman was saving to buy a house here at this church, and she is a single mother of two. She felt God call her to sacrificially and generously give to move the mission two years ago at a move the mission sacrificial offering service. It was a sacrifice for her as she was trying to provide a home for her family. After she gave and fulfilled her commitment, the bank gave her a great price on a home, which was over $500 less a month than what they originally told her to do. Because once again, you and I can never outgive God. But more than that, though it may be 
paused her from getting a home for a month or two because she gave to move the mission. This lady, pictured in the, on the screen, now has a church home in South Dakota. Over a month ago, my wife and I got to minister there, and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. Coming from a broken past, but her life is forever changed because Atlanta West gave to move the mission. We help churches be able to be built all over North America because all we do is worship. There is a purpose in our worship. Here at this church, a young couple was starting a business, and they felt God tell them to give the entire amount that was in their business account. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling all of us, let's just hear from God and obey whatever he tells you. And what he tells you is going to be different than what he tells you. But if we all just obey God and we worship, we're showing God that we love him, we will be blessed and others are going to experience Jesus. And so if he calls you to give big, then just follow, just like this young couple. They give all that they had in their business account and they just worship. Shortly after their commitment was given, their business made over three times the amount that they gave. And this picture on the screen is the first baptism in the country of Mayotte, this really small country that's never had Jesus preached there before. The guy on the left is our missionary that now lives in Mayotte, and that country was unlocked, and he's there. People have received the Holy Ghost and been baptized, all because two years ago, you gave to move the mission. So when you give this year, there are still nine countries where there's not a Pentecostal presence at all. And when you give this year, we can send a missionary there. So all I'm saying is that there is a purpose in our worship. You and I don't have to give, but you and I, we get to give. We get to show Jesus that we love him. We get to be blessed by him, and we get to ensure others hear this gospel preach because it's not a waste. It's worship. It's worship. If you would pull out your Move the Mission commitment card, and before you fill it out, it's just your name, your phone number, your email, and the amount that you're going to give that you're going to hear from God that we're going to turn in by September 3rd. Some might call it a waste that you have better things to give to, but it is so wonderful to invest into the kingdom of God. I'm going to pray in a moment, and then we're going to fill out this card together, and God's going to lay something on all of our hearts, but I've just come to remind Atlanta West, you've done it for years. I just want to tell you, it's not a waste. It's worship. Can we all pray before we fill that out? God, thank you for such a great church. That we're not just caring about here, but we're also focused on there locally and globally. God, I pray that you'll lay an amount on our hearts. My wife and I have already been praying and fasting and it's stretching. Even with kids and with so much going on, God, we're going to give. We've had to adjust our life. It's kept me up late at night trying to figure it out and numbers running through my head. But God, I choose to worship. It's not a waste. And I'm doing it because I love you. This church is going to give sacrificially and generously because they love you. We love you, Jesus. And you're going to bless us back. You've done it time and time again, and you're going to do it again. But also, others' lives are going to be changed because of what we're going to do in this moment. We're going to spiritually break that alabaster flask so that others can experience you. Because it's not a waste. It's worship. You begin to fill out that card right now. 
Will you just trust God with faith, believe in what he told you? You might have to move some finances around and budget different. Husband, talk to your wife. I know we came to the service. Fill us in my spirit with one amount, but God just laid it on my heart to change it. Why don't you trust his voice like you've done before? It's not a waste. It's worship. Say just one more moment. What has God told you to give? Why don't we trust him once again with our worship? Yes, it might be a sacrifice, but it really, it's worship. And God calls it a good work. More than just giving of our treasures, church. Don't consider investing your time and talent a waste because it's worship. The reason we get to celebrate six kids receiving the Holy Ghost and or being baptized is because somebody chose to worship with their time and their talent and their treasures. Six weeks ago when I was nervous about today, God laid it on my heart late at night. Just remind Atlanta West of who they are. That we just worship. We just hear the voice of God and we obey it. Great things come when you worship and you give of your time, your talent, and your treasures to the kingdom. And when we worship, we're showing God we love him. We will be blessed and others can experience Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to call us to the altar. We're going to put our commitment cards face down and then we're going to stay at the altar and we're going to pray together. You're going to put this side that has the Move the Mission horizontal logo on it. You're going to put that face down. No one's going to see your commitment. But then we're going to stay and we're going to make a commitment with our time, our talent, and our treasures as well. Because it was while I was serving at a youth camp that as I turned the corner, I saw Luke Levine praying with my nephew LJ. And LJ was answering the call to preach. Saying, I'll preach. I'll preach. Sarah, my sister, served at youth camp. Took a week off of work. It was a sacrifice. But because she served, my niece Aniston received the gift of the Holy Ghost at a youth camp. Brother Jason, because you served, God has shown his abundance time and time again in your life. Keep worshiping, Sister Bethany. It's worth, it's not a waste. Brother Reyes, no matter the lows, Iglesia Pentecostal de Atlanta West is blessed today because y'all chose just to keep worshiping. Well, it's a waste. Why are you giving up your time? It takes a whole Sunday away. No, it's worship. And lives are changed because you gave. Bo, Morgan, Felix is blessed. Sam and Saul is blessed because you chose to worship. Because you're willing to do what it takes. That's a waste. You don't have to do that. You get to do it. Look at your life now. Brother Brad, look at your family now. 
Dara's in the background and camera's raising her hands, worshiping Jesus. That's because you chose to worship. It's not a waste. It's not a waste. I just come to remind you today. I know sometimes it can get hard, but it's not a waste. Brother and sister, John, your family is so blessed because you just chose to worship and serve the United Pentecostal Church. And I believe in that prophetic number of 3,000. Atlanta West is going to be blessed because you choose to worship. Yes, you're pulled in a lot of directions, but it's worship. It's worship. Can we all stand right now? There's such a sweet presence of God as he's affirming his children. Just reminding you that what we're doing, TC, it's worship. Brother Donald, it's worship. It's not a waste. It's not a waste. Can we all gather around this altar? Can you come and join my wife and I as we lay these commitment cards down at the altar? That's it. Make sure you stay at the altar. Make room for others to bring their commitment cards. Come from the aisles, but then we're all going to stay and we're going to pray together. For every mama that's been praying for her baby to come home, it's not a waste. It's not a waste. For everybody that's been giving sacrificially, I'm coming to remind you it's not a waste. For every family that wakes up early to get their kids ready and it's exhausting sometimes, it's not a waste. For the people with young kids that you can barely get anything out of a Wednesday night service because they're just moving so much, it's not a waste. Judah praying for over two years for the Holy Ghost, it's not a waste. That's it. Come from the aisles and get as close to the altar as you can now. This church, my family, has blown my mind time and time again and how hard you serve with your time and your talent, but also how much you give with your treasure. And I believe that there's gonna be breakthrough for your family today. I've come to remind you in the midst of getting pulled in all different directions that it's not a waste, it's a worship. Can we all raise our hands right now? And can we be reminded of that truth as Jesus pours out his spirit afresh on us? That this life of sacrifice is not a waste, it's worship. The way you live with your attitudes, your actions, your appearances, it's not a waste, it's worship. It's because we love God. We will be blessed, but others can experience Jesus. That's it, some blessings only come when you worship. Some blessings only come when you give God your everything. Come on, make that fresh commitment of your time, your talent, and your treasures. It's not a waste.
That's it. Can we lift our voices now? Or can we worship Jesus with the fruit of our lips? It's worship. It's worship. It's worship.